0: I'm Andy Bloxham and I'm the Head of Corporate Reputation at MHP. In mid-2017, Engine won the contract to help the RAF celebrate its uh, 100th anniversary, which is a -a once-in-a-lifetime event for all of the people involved and and, and obviously for the force itself. what became obvious uh, in discussions after the win of the contract was that the response that the RF were looking for would have to be led by um, PR, uh, and particularly with earned uh, media. Um, as such, MHP, as, as, as one of two PR agencies within Engine, became the kind of driving force in a large. Uh, section of um, the the response for the the programme. And what we were asked to do was to to help with two challenges for the RAF. One was to celebrate the RAF as a British institution and to ensure that it was um, perceived positively by the nation. Uh, And the second was trickier, which was to appeal to the next generation of people who, who might be interested in the RAF but weren't necessarily interested now. Behind that there were three themes that the RAF had identified which were commemorate, which was all about the, the past of the RAF, the sacrifice in previous conflicts. Celebrate was the second theme, which was about the, the current personnel and families and the activities of the people of the RAF today all around the world. And the third was Inspire, which was looking to the future uh, and making sure that the RAF remained relevant for Britain and could define its role. So. We came pretty quickly to the realisation that commemoration and celebration as kind of principles were things that the RAF could do uh, very well by themselves. They really didn't need that much help. Um, On the Inspire side, however, it it became quickly obvious in our discussions and through our research that it was very easy to associate the RAF with elite white male fighter pilots because that's such an easy go-to visual. For, for people when they think about the ARF. So we wanted to try, to try and unpack that and find things that would appeal to that harder to reach audience of, of the next generation. Um, one of the other important things was the context here, which is the next generation within Britain is exponentially more diverse than all of the other generations that have gone before, which means that they are in different places and they are again harder to reach. At the same time, we're on the cusp of a, of a revolution in the way in which technology is used in the workplace, which means that technological skills are going to be all the more vital to the, the world of work, and particularly in an organisation like the RAF, which depends so heavily on its technology. There are all kinds of positives around that, but it does mean that that next generation who are interested in technology you have to see the RAF more in the light of a, of a Google or a Netflix than a BAE Systems or a Babcock kind of engineering firm. So this was all forming some of the backdrop to our thinking. We had to find people like our target audiences uh, and go to where they were.
1: I'm Leslie Sanford, I'm Associate Director here um, at MHP. Obviously, you know, Andy's kind of touched on the three kind of pillars and themes that we had as part of the RAF's 100th anniversary. um, And kind of bringing those to life was really key, especially in the early stages, um, in a way that really resonated not just with the RAF and kind of their traditional target audience, but also the next generation and looking ahead to the 16 to 24 year olds um, who, you know, might commonly have misconceptions about what the RAF actually is. and So we worked very closely with them on kind of distilling all the key messages they had, creating sound bites, which would really talk to that audience. Once we had got those messages in place, and once we knew that they were working, was how we kind of distilled those out. And one of the key ways that we did that, especially at the beginning, was to create a series of toolkits. One that the RAF personnel could use themselves, but also one that could be used for partners to make sure that kind of everyone was on message. And I think those toolkits very much became the communications backbone of the whole campaign. Um, They were seeded out across all of the um, RAF bases um, and they were very much used to kind of tell the RAF 100 story. One of the first ways that we used it ourselves as, as the MHP team was at the Insomnia Gaming Festival on April the 1st, the start of the, the campaign. And the thought behind it was that we wanted to use the influencers and the pro gamers that we knew really talk to our target audience of those 16-24 to year olds and kind of how we could make the Rf fit seamlessly with that. So one of the big actions of the whole campaign was to really shine a light on the RAF's commitment to STEM subjects and kind of growing that area of interest. Gaming is one of those areas that we know that our target audience is really keen on um, and where STEM subjects can actually resonate quite well. So we took a team of RAF personnel down to the NEC in Birmingham and we pitched three of those personnel against three pro gamers in a Rocket League challenge, which is uh, apparently a very good game amongst the air target audience they like to play. Um, and I think putting them on a stage with these heroes of the, of the young generation and kind of the ways that they resonated and giving them a common language really helped to kind of Bring to life what the RAF was trying to do. Um, you know, we worked with media outlets who really talked to that younger audience. Things like BBC Newsbeat came down um, and created loads of really nice video content that shone a light on what we were doing there.
2: With a Ginch needs to oh, he manages to do so! RAF. And we're going to game four! RAF win the game. We finally got a win under our belt. We're gonna push for the rest of them. If you game and play flying games already, you might have to use a joystick, so that means you can already master the controls of a chip.
1: I think all the hours that I've spent gaming, all the days, maybe years that I've spent gaming, could definitely translate into actually real life skills in the RAF. The RAF had a presence for the whole weekend. Um, they also took part in things like an escape room, they did Q&As and things like that. And they were just genuinely really accessible throughout the whole weekend, which I think really shone a light on what the modern Air Force is trying to do. So yeah, Insomnia was a great success to really start off that campaign, but obviously we had to keep going for the next 100 days as well.
3: My name's Andy Johnson-Creek, I'm an Account Director um, here at MHP. One of the things uh, that we needed to do with the campaign was take it to the region, so get it across the country. And one of the ways that we did that was to create this baton relay, which is a bit like the Olympic flame, which went up and down the country, specifically to a lot of RAF bases, a lot of RAF places where, they, you know, where their core is. But actually, as we looked at it, we noticed that Actually, their audiences that they want to reach aren't necessarily on RAF bases. So as we were looking at it, you know, the likes of Bradford, Blackburn, um, Cardiff, um, Leicester, they weren't really going there. So one of the things we did was identify, you know, people uh, from those communities, um, from those areas that we could, you know, put in front of them. Uh, but actually we went to One Better and identified people from those schools um, that they could really identify with. And we took them back into the schools. And, you know, it was genuinely amazing to see the reaction from, from the children, seeing people who, you know, 10, 15 years ago were in their shoes to see what they've gone on to do, and that actually the RAF is something for them, no matter what community you're
1: from. But today, Sergeant Wazir Lahair is back home in Leicester, visiting the school she attended before joining up. I'm here to kind of like showcase that actually, it's not just a career in the Air Force for, for males or for white people, but for like everybody really. It shows me that I can go into like any field that I like really put my mind to.
2: I found it quite inspiring that somebody who had come from what we would say a minority group was able to make it so far. And that really
3: worked from both an Inspire point of view but also from you know, engagement point of view with BAME communities because it wasn't just white middle-class pilots with mustaches, it was people that they could absolutely relate to. A lot of the children were asking, you know, what about when I'm fasting? How do the RAF accommodate that? Or how do they accommodate prayers? Um, and, you know, to kind of get that engagement and get that reassurance to show that the RAF are absolutely able to, to work with that and it is part of their DNA, really reassure them and show them that actually it is something that, you know, is open to
2: them. I'm Lee Findell. I'm Senior Director at MHP. Picking up from where Andy finished off talking about the Baton really and the outreach into the regions... Ultimately, though, this was going to be about a major celebration in central London. That was always going to be the way it was going to be for the RAF. Um, interestingly, um, the actual 100th anniversary of the RAF is the 1st of April. That was when the Act of Parliament passed and I- into law and they were formed. Um, but the 1st of April doesn't make for good weather. And, and you need good weather to fly planes over central London. You need good weather for people to stand out and uh, uh, watch parades. So, Straight away and long before we were involved in in the campaign, the RF had decided on July the 10th as their That was going to be their day that they were going to celebrate this 100th anniversary RF. It was in some ways you could guarantee better weather, it was summer, Um, however it still was a school day in term time on a Tuesday, so it wasn't exactly ideal in terms of making sure we got numbers to the event itself. It was exactly 100 days after the 1st of April, so we actually came up with a campaign called 100 Heroes, um, which was basically every day to profile to celebrate a single member of the RAF, you know, showing the diversity of roles, the diversity of people within the organisation and make that very much a social campaign driven on Instagram about engaging um, and inspiring a new audience and back to that initial theme of showing them people like me. Leading up to um, uh, the 10th of July, we also had a few other kind of things going on. First of all, we had to get the fact that it was happening into listings, into um, into the media, into diaries, to make sure that people understood what was going on. So we spent a lot of time basically engaging with tourist organisations, with business organisations, with you know local political bodies, you know, to so they got it onto their agendas and they knew what was going on um, with that. The weekend before the 10th of July... Horse Guards Parade was going to host a bunch of RAF aircraft, everything from World War I aircraft all the way through to the Lightning, the brand new state-of-the-art stealth fighter that um, the RAF was introducing this year. They got massive 43,000 people through Horse Guards Parade that, that weekend to visit those aircraft, which when you think about how small the space was, was actually quite extraordinary, and also the fact that England were playing in the World Cup at the same time. One of the other things that um, the RAF were very conscious of is, again, back to this, it was over central London, what could you do if you couldn't actually get to central London, and actually one of the things we talked to them right at the beginning of the campaign was developing an app, actual, a sort actual of augmented reality app, where someone could actually download the planes and fly the flypast over their own head, um, rather than have to worry so much about being in central London for it. Um, so all these things were, were potential things that we had to keep driving forward, build momentum for, build uh, awareness of. And that's what we did. We basically we drove, uh, we drove momentum, we spoke to the media, we engaged with people, we engaged with them, with stakeholders, just to build that sense of momentum running into the 10th of July. No one, when you set this thing up you know, over a year ago, could potentially anticipate how big a news week it would be. No one knew that, that um, there were going to be two major cabinet resignations um, forcing the news agenda in some way. No one would realise that th- there were 13 uh, young Thai children trapped in a, in a cave and causing a massive international um, sense of drama and, as you as try to get, a, get them out of that cave alive. No one realised that it would be the week of Donald Trump's first presidential visit to the UK. And certainly no one even vaguely anticipated that England might make it the semi-finals of the World Cup, uh, all of which happened while we were there. Um, so actually to get any kind of cut through on the day, un- understandably, was, um, was causing some anxiety for the RAF themselves. As it was... We've done such a good job in all that build-up to it, we've done such a good job in engaging with the media. And in formal affairs, the RAF had done a fantastic job in working with the BBC closely in terms of making sure it had the full coverage on the day, and working with the defence correspondents – the people who usually uh, cover the work at the RAF – helped, of course, by the fact that the Royal Family were turning up, and most particularly the Fab Four themselves were all going to be there. And what we're going to see today is some of the most technologically advanced aircraft the world has ever seen.
1: And the doors have opened on the balcony of Buckingham Palace. The Queen. Taking her place there, and a huge roar, a huge cheer from the crowd.
2: On the day, 64,000 people on the mile, on a school day, uh, an amazing, amazing turnout, an amazing kind of sense of celebration of the RAF. And lots and lots of young people, big, diverse amount of people on the mile itself, really engaging with what the RAF is today and where it could go in the future, what its role is in, and the forces going forward.
1: It was just amazing. Nothing like I've ever seen before. It was amazing. After my degree, that's when I hoped to join. This inspired me, so it, it fueled my passion for the Air Force even more.
2: Blanket media coverage, broadcast um, across all the major nationals, front pages everywhere, full page, you know, eight page pullouts, the whole works. It was an absolutely extraordinary achievement in terms of celebrating what the RAF is and looking to the future of what the RAF could be. We also got into all those Inspire titles, you know, all the places that would never have taken or looked at the RAF before. There's places where we could connect with the audiences we were looking to do and in a very, very positive and engaging way. Um, and even the app, even the Flypast app itself, which we launched literally on the day of the Flypast, we managed to get 17,000 um, downloads immediately. Pushing it up to fourth in the App Store with very little lead up, very little run at it, no, no opportunities to do app of the day and build all that sort of stuff. The extraordinary thing about the FlyPast was, I mean, right up until the moment it was happening, we didn't even know how many aircraft we were going to get over it because they had to form up over the wash outside of Suffolk. 100 aircraft, all running at different speeds, so you have everything from the rotaries, the helicopters, all the way through to the fastest jets on the planet, um, all trying to come in at 30-second um, at intervals over central London, and they were flying low as well. You know, it was an extraordinary achievement by the RF, Don't, I mean, just an extraordinary logistical achievement to, uh, to get it, and the spectacle was something else, you know.
1: But that noise of the Chinooks is about to come over the palace now, something... You recognise everywhere.
2: When you first heard the rotaries of the helicopters coming down over central London and passing down, you know, coming down the river, um, and we saw them coming over Horse Guards Parade as it hit the mall, you could hear the gasp, uh, of people, and that just led the way. It Was followed by. The Battle of Britain um, planes, you know, the Lancaster Spitfires, and Hurricanes through the planes of the uh, of that modern era, the Hawks, the the Meteor, the Dakotas, all the way through to the fast jets, the Tornadoes, uh, the Lightnings, and we finish up with uh, with of course the Red Arrows.
0: The red, white, and blue of the Red Arrows blasting their way over Buckingham Palace. I
2: suppose the most extraordinary part of it all was the thing that um, the RAF had managed to keep secret right to the last minute which was they'd got um, 23 typhoons which are the backbone of um, the Royal Air Force and they'd formed into a 100
0: in the sky. They have been practicing this for months. An amazing sight Sophie this is the first time we've seen that formation and it's the largest number of typhoons we have seen ever
2: just goes to show what is possible, just goes to show um, the extraordinary skill and achievement of those pilots. And actually that skill um, was the thing that ins- you could see was inspiring people the most. The fact that not only was it those pilots doing it, but the, the, the job it had been taken to get them into the skies and the people behind that to get them into the skies was so clearly obvious to everyone who was there on the day.
3: It's great that we're going out there and inspiring them to hopefully join the Air Force one day.
2: There's a lot of people in the RAF and knowing that we're
1: part of it is a very warming feeling inside.
2: It became the defining point of the campaign, um, but there was always a danger that it could be yet another commemorate, look back into the past. Not actually What we were able to do working with the RAF was to change the narrative and the public consciousness of what the RAF is to Britain.